tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now... Let the buzz begin! <laughs> hey there, AfterBuzz fans. Welcome to another edition of the AfterBuzz TV, the voice of. Joining me in the studio tonight is our very special guest, Robbie Damon. Hello. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing awesome. I've got a caffeinated beverage, and I am ready to talk to you. That is always a plus. <laughs> I can't get going without some form of caffeine during the day, usually multiple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, uh, that's the way it goes. <laughs> For sure. Um, I'm your host, Megan Salinas, guys, and if you guys haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, all that fun stuff. Rate, leave a comment. We love hearing from you guys, and we love hearing what you guys think of the show. And periodically during the, uh, I can't necessarily check the live chat on YouTube, but I will be checking the hashtag, the voice of, if you guys want to ask any questions on Twitter. So now that we've got that out of the way, yeah. <laughs> again, thank you so, so much for coming tonight. Yeah, I'm super happy to be here. Yeah, we got to talk to you a little bit this we past did. weekend. We did. Yeah. T- talking about the Sailor Moons. Yep. Sailor Moon Crystal. It's always fun. And thank you again for coming back into the studio. For coming back. I'm glad we didn't scare you off. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> That's good to hear. So you've been acting in Los Angeles since about 2007, am I right? Yeah, that's pretty close. I got out of grad school in 2007, and I, you know, just messed around and played in a band and, <laughs> you know, lived life after grad school, because I went straight through from undergrad to grad school. So you don't really get to sort of have a sort of young 20s life. So I did that for a while, and I really started pursuing it in about 2008, right right around then. That's awesome. Yeah. And so what initially, uh, because I know you studied mm-hmm. and um, acting and uh, just all sorts of other different art forms, what made you initially want to get into entertainment? Was there a, like a eureka moment where you, you know, it just flipped a switch and you're like, that's what I want to do? Ah, oh, no, man. I was that weird, creepy kid who was always like <laughs> doing puppet shows and weird shows to myself and talking to myself and a corner. That doesn't sound that good when I say it out loud. <laughs> uh, no, I, I was always that type of kid, but I also love to play sports. I like to go hunting. I'm a country boy. You know, I did, I did when I was a kid and fishing and all that stuff. But um, when it came down to sort of pick what you want to do as you get a little bit older, man, the theater bug hit me hard <laughs> when I was a kid. I think I did my first professional play when I was about 10. It was uh, on Golden Pond. And uh, yeah, man, I was I was hooked. That's that's what it was always going to be. I think there was a there was a hot minute when I was thinking about maybe doing math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm really glad that's not the way things uh, shaked out. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you're also musically trained. Then you said you played in a band for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything to get away from theater <laughs> after I had done it solid for seven years, but still, you know, get to sing and do that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, musicals paid my way. You know, paid for my first car, it, it paid my way through undergrad, doing summer stock, and then when I went into grad school, you know, being in musicals and doing musicals over the summer were sort of part of what my fellowship was about. So I'm really lucky that I get to sing in some cartoons and that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, it's fun. I, I actually did, going off of that, um, The Breadwinners is a show you're <laughs> yeah, on right now. It is. Uh, you made the comparison that it's very similar to Phineas and Ferb. Be- I'm guessing because it's so musically oriented? Well, I was actually referring, are you talking about our 
chat last yeah. time. Uh, yeah, I was actually talking about uh, another show that I have coming out on Nickelodeon in August, I think. Oh, different show. Different show. And I, 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 when I met Phineas and Ferb, I sort of meant like the art style and the comedy and the pacing. Breadwinners is its own <laughs> super weird animal. If any of you out there have seen it, it's a, it's a Nickelodeon show. It's Saturday morning cartoons. We're Sunday nights now. And it's, it's I call it like the uh, the sugar cereal of Saturday morning <laughs> it cartoons. Is. It's very fast paced. It's a lot. And we do not skimp on the fart jokes on Breadwinners. <laughs> not a chance. Or bre- and bread puns. Yeah. Oh, bread puns, puns. <laughs> but um, you and Eric Bowser mm-hmm. play the leads in that show. We do. Uh, do you guys get to record together? Yeah, Eric's awesome. Uh, you know, I, I think um, a few of your people might have. He might have been on here for Transformers, he had, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember when he told me about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, just a stand-up, really dynamic talent. And um, when I found out I got to work with him. Um, it's always us in the studio together. So we've got a uh, Nickelodeon's great about bringing in fantastic guest stars like you know Fred Tattasher and John DiMaggio, Mick Winger, it's Kari Walgren, just these uh, Tara Strong, Kenny Milo, just these huge dynamos, and I'm, there's a ton other I'm leaving out like Jim Cummings, all these people. But um, it's always Eric and I. So so the dynamic of the show is sort of based around these two characters. So I've got the absolute pleasure and honor of of getting to work with him. It's and it's. Awesome. It's 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 pretty much like a master class trial by fire <laughs> when you get thrown into a lead on a Nickelodeon show. So um yeah, it was awesome. I was gonna say, is there any because it's so fast paced, do you guys have any trouble keeping up or kind of keeping focus because it is just kinda like a sugar rush? <laughs> I, I love the creators of the show, uh Steve and Gary. They're awesome, but they work us. So <laughs> for those of you who don't know, sort of a typical voiceover session is about four hours uh, uh, for a traditional animated cartoon. And um that's you leave that one feeling like you've been put through the ring, <laughs> like you just ran a marathon, because we only do an 11-minute episode every four-hour every uh, every four hour session once a week, so we have a lot of time to just really fine-tune it. So when so many moments are happening so fast, so many jokes per second, uh, you, you sort of have to spend a lot of time on it, and it's... It's crazy, but our, our directors keep us on track. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, can you tell us a little bit about the other show from Nickelodeon that you've got coming up? Yeah, sure. It's a co-production with Marathon Media. They did uh, Totally Spies and a few other shows, and it's called Get Blake. And uh, I co-star with that with uh, Spike Spencer. You might know him from the anime world from Evangelion. Yes. And um, he's done a ton of other work. And um, he was uh, my partner's sidekick sort of in that show. And uh, we, we ran through uh, a bunch of episodes on that. And I think Nick's going to push them all out sometime around the end of the summer. I don't have an official date yet, but it should be coming up pretty soon. And that's like a really <laughs> fun, goofy, we're, we're being chased by alien squirrels. <laughs> it's, it's like a sort of real classic sort of uh, slapstick comedy uh, show. And it was um, written, and one of the showrunners on that was uh, Derek Dressler, who's really well known. He just won an Emmy this year for all the uh, Mickey Mouse shorts. So um, there's a there's a lot of like really good comedic uh, talent behind that show. So hopefully when it comes out, it's it's good for a few laughs. Yeah, Nickelodeon likes their buddy comedies, right? They do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they like a. They do a lot of stuff, though. Come on. I mean, TMNT That's and Cora and, and Avatar and all these sort of different shows. But I think the buddy comedy. 
It's always been a popular <laughs> genre. It'll always be a popular genre. That's true. Like, I don't think, and, and I don't think it needs to go away either. I think yeah. it's always good to have something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's no surprise they partnered us up in our time slot with Sanjay and Craig. I mean, you could even, uh, I could get in trouble for saying, you could even look at SpongeBob as a little bit of a buddy <laughs> comedy. I mean, it's not, well, maybe not as its own thing, but you know. SpongeBob and Patrick have each other, and they definitely yeah. are the dynamic of the show. <laughs> and anybody besides SpongeBob is immediately the straight man, with right. the exception of Patrick. Ex- exactly. And anybody in the studio with Eric Bauza is also immediately the, <laughs> the straight man, because that guy's he's off the wall, man. Yeah, he's awesome. So since Nickelodeon is really great about just kind of everything that they do, they there's a lot of great talent, like Andrea mm-hmm. Romano, all sorts of other really great people putting out shows for Nickelodeon. Do you prefer getting to actually work in groups and having other actors to play off of? Or do you kind of prefer it when it's just kind of you and the director where there's kind of a one-on-one? I don't know if I have a preference. I mean, it's a, a different experience for sure. Uh, the, the the classically trained actor in me uh, <laughs> says that it's always better to have somebody to work off of. Always better to have a partner. But um, I can have just as much fun in the studio with uh, with a great director and a good script and a, and uh, when it's just the, the two of us. Yeah, but um, I, I really enjoy having someone to work off of. It just brings out, you know, so much more, especially in something that's a traditional animation where what you're doing is what's going to be what drawn gets to. incorporated. Yeah, 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 of course. And and the the writers, you want to stay true to the writers, but sometimes some stuff just comes out on its own and the nuance and the way that it's played. And uh, th- th- that makes that recording process pretty special. So well, I-, I guess it sounds like I'm hedging, but I really prefer the other, don't I? Yeah, you can make, keep me honest. Keep me honest here. Well, do they give you the chance to improvise a little bit then? Or is it mostly stick to the script because we got a lot to do? I think it depends on the show. We, you know, you know, if you want to throw an improv out there, uh, a line or two, it, it better be good. Yeah. Because <laughs> your peers and the Make people it count. you work. Make it count. Oh, it's got to be good. Nothing, nothing's more disheartening than kicking something out there and they go... Yeah, can we get one as written? Just <laughs> just as written. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Stick to the page and then maybe a couple, a little later throw something out. Yeah, well, these writers uh, on these traditional animation shows, they do workshops, not workshops, they do um, retreats and they spend so much time sort of working on all the, the tiny little aspects of it that you want to do them a service and, and go with what's on the script. But yeah, if you've got something funny <laughs> to kick out there, most of the time they're open to it because <laughs> let's remember we're still just making cartoons. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not life or death or anything like that. Mm, I don't think so. Not yet. <laughs> That's what I always try to remind myself when I get really stressed mm-hmm. working in entertainment. It's like, it's it's not you know, rocket science or brain surgery or anything yeah. like that. I'm waiting for the day, though, where someone is like, mm-hmm. death cartoons. <laughs> Two men enter the booth. Uh, I, I was going to say, technically, guy. we did have Celebrity Deathmatch there for a little we bit. We did. Isn't we it did. coming back? I, think? I heard rumors, but who knows? <laughs> Everything's getting rebooted, right? It'll all be back one yeah, way or the other. Yeah, everything comes and goes. Yeah, full circle. But um, just going off of that, you said they kind of put you through the ringer. What do you think, which role do you think has been the most challenging? Is it kind of adjusting to the way anime gets recorded? Is it a particular character that is just kind of hard to find the voice of? Well, the the neat part about where I am in my career now is that even though I've been doing this for seven or eight years, um, I'm still uh, sort of up and coming in a way that I get new experiences all the time. So about two years ago, I started working on video games, and that was a new experience. And at the time, if you'd have asked me two years ago, I would have said that was the most challenging because it's a new medium. And then the same thing with anime a year ago. Um, but I would say that um, I would say that um, 
traditional animation definitely has its its own set of challenges, but anime was brand new too. It's like learning a brand new style. And um and that one you're sort of more putting yourself through the ringer, at least I was. And um, as with anything, you just get better at it with time. So, so it's just practice makes perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 sometimes I'll go to conventions or whatnot, and somebody will ask me, "What's the magic bullet? What do you do to to get booked and to do well and to have success?" And and the the, the crappy answer is just good old fashioned work, <laughs> just street work, and working with great professionals. And thankfully, every company that I've had a chance to work with has has paired me up with some great people. So I'm real fortunate in that sense. So kind of to sh- keep sharpening your toolbox, then, is it just trying new things where you're kind of like trying to hone your craft? Or do you kind of actively listen out for new voices? What do you do to kind of stay on top of your game? Well, that's that's tough because where I'm at right now, a good 80% of the things that I do is cast in sort of a real basic wheelhouse of what I do. So I do a lot of um, tweens and kids, uh, a lot of teenagers and 20-somethings, and I don't get too many chances unless it's really big and broad and goofy like traditional animation to go beyond that. And I think that's a, the way a, a lot of careers sort of find themselves in, in, in the beginning. They, you, you find yourself doing a lot of stuff and in, as you get more well-known, you get a chance to branch out and do more things. And um, that, that's sort of what's happening right now for me. So, yeah, and anybody chance, everybody's, you know, whenever I I get a breakdown, then I, I might go, ah, they don't want me for that. You know, they've got they've got all these huge heavy hitters that can do that. I've kind of tried to talk myself out of doing that and just giving it a swing, and sometimes I get cast in some things I never would have guessed. <laughs> so, you know, that's just that's just good old-fashioned, old-school actor self-consciousness. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, that never really goes away, does it? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, you can ask my girlfriend. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I definitely make funny, weird voices to myself all the time. <laughs> I, I was I was hanging out with her the other day, and she's like, you know, I realized you just like to make noise a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I do. I just like to make noise a lot. But yeah, and I workshop things. If it's something I think I'm good for or I, something that I think I have a real, real shot at, I probably spend more time on it. Like when Sailor Moon came along, I thought, oh, I, I could be good for this. So I might have spent a little bit more time working on it than I would just another audition that that came through that I thought um, maybe I was a medium choice for, you know. Okay. Well, going off of Sailor Moon, what was your reaction when you actually got the part? Because uh, I know that we talked a little bit about it on Mm -hmm. Sunday, but for anybody who missed the show, you know, what is it like being a part of something so iconic? Oh, it's, well, obviously it's an honor because whenever somebody loves something, you want to do it justice and and, um, do a good job at it. Yeah, it was... I wouldn't say it was... No, it was a little surprising. Yeah, because uh, it was my first anime series. And um, it's funny, Stephanie uh, Shea, who plays Sailor Moon, Usagi, actually cast me in my first anime. Really? Yeah, two weeks before. Oh, that's awesome. She cast me in this film called uh, Patima Inverted. And it's a very beautiful little movie. It's sort of like uh, Upside Down, that that film. I think Upside Down might not work. (laughs) But uh, I can't say that for sure. Just uh, like (laughs) noticing a few similarities here. It's your classic... uh, Plagiarism. Yeah, it's it's your classic sort of Hunger Games... uh, What's the... uh, Battle Battle Royale. Royale. (laughs) But... um, but no, uh, they're, they're, it's a beautiful movie. So uh, we recorded it um, at the studio that she runs, and we were sort of talking about it. And you're like, did you audition for The Secret Thing? And I was like, yeah, I got the audition for The Secret Thing, and because nobody was talking about it. And um, when, when I told her that I had got cast, and, and she thought she had got cast, we didn't know what parts we were. And... Um, and uh well she's like well this is good practice so <laughs> so that we we did a whole feature and and those few days working with her really helped me 
Because if I'd have just walked in the Sailor Moon blind, who knows? I could have crashed and burned. So it was nice uh, a week before to to have some work to do with her. But yeah, so that was pretty weird. And Stephanie, uh, I've told this story before, but not to you. She was also, or maybe I have. She was also the first person I ever worked with when I moved to Los Angeles. No, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I I got in here, and this was still in 2007, and I was just dabbling with the idea of going back to acting and and, and voice acting. And uh, I got cast in this uh, Warner Brothers pilot, like a six-minute pilot. And it was the first job I ever auditioned for and got cast. And I was like, this is going to be easy. (laughs) You know, I was so confident just walking into Warner Brothers. I think I'd been in L.A. like two weeks. All bright-eyed. Yeah, totally. I was like, sweet, I knew I could do it. And and I got there, and it was a great cast and a really funny show that, you know, got canned like a billion other pilots. But, um, But my love interest in it was Stephanie. So I got to work with her a little bit, and I was like, oh, man, this chick is cool. I don't know anything. She seems like she really knows what she's doing. And uh, so, like a total nerd, I ran out into the parking lot afterwards, and I was like, hi, I'm Robbie. Here's my phone number and email. Can I talk to you about voiceover? Which now I, I'm mortified even thinking about doing that. <laughs> but surprisingly enough, she said yes. And she was like, yeah, sure. Ask me if you have any questions. And here and there, I'd write her an email and ask her what she thought or for a little bit of advice. And she was always, like, super open and sweet about it and what a nice person to meet. So that was one of those moments where I was like, oh, there are really good people in this business. This is something I'd like to be a part of. Because I don't know if that happens too much on the on-camera world. So Yeah, no, I, I've talked to a bunch of voice actors mm-hmm. for this show and for Cl- a lot clearly, of Clearly, <laughs> you have a show called The Voice Of. <laughs> and every one of them that I've met is just so sweet and so nice. And actually, Stephanie in particular, she was my first Voice Of interview, actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, Stephanie. <laughs> uh, She's just the best. She is the best. <laughs> a lot of people's firsts. <laughs> Shh, wait, hold on a second. No, no, no. I take that back. Don't. don't no more caffeine for you. You're right. I've had too much. I've had too <laughs> no much. more sugar. Um, but just kind of going off of that, um, where where do you kind of looked for inspiration in tor- in terms of trying to formulate a voice for a character? Because I know for a lot of auditions, they just kind of put you on the spot. They're like, "Here's the character, go." Yeah, uh, especially if you're doing like a say a, a bit part uh, on on a show that you're working on. Like for Blake, you know, they're like, oh, can you do a Swedish guy? And it's like, oh, yes, I can. <laughs> and then they, they tweak it and work with it. And um, you sort of have a bag of tricks that you you can pull from. But um, if something comes to me that uh, is, is new and fresh and it's not a legacy voice, and by legacy voice, I mean like a Mickey Mouse or a Donald Duck or a Scooby or Shaggy or whatever, and it's something new, um, you try to break it down from what's in the page and put it into something that you know, and you draw your inspiration from everywhere. I mean, I draw mine from pop culture, from people that I know, from family, from friends, and you sort of cobble together this idiosyncratic person that doesn't exist in the real world, turn on the dial up to 11, and you might have an interesting cartoon character. And um, and But that's just one part. That's, <laughs> that's the character part. And then, you know, you've got to make sure that they're doing the acting stuff. They're <laughs> pursuing an objective, you know. Taz doesn't just spin around in circles and destroy stuff because he does. You know, he's doing it for a reason. So, um, <laughs> he's trying to get Bugs Bunny. Right, yeah, or whatever the objective may be. And, um, and to put all that together is sort of where I draw my inspiration from is just the world around you because it's all we have, right? Yeah, it's a good point of reference, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah, and who's it? Hank Azaria said, I'm similar, most of his characters are just bad impressions. I've heard that, yeah. If you haven't seen that bit, it's a great bit. It's like a five minute little segment where he goes through who all of his Simpsons characters are, like that they're just bad. Like who he's trying to imitate. Right, like Chief Wiggins is is just like a bad JFK. (laughs) 
<laughs> so he's like, you put a little twist on that, and and it's it's really funny. And uh, I'm a terrible impressionist, so that's probably where <laughs> half of my talent lies too, is in bad impressions. So. I've heard that's actually a good resource for creating characters. Sure, and you have to have sort of a, a pop a pop culture knowledge. And when I say pop culture, I don't mean like what's happening on In Touch this week, but you know, sort of a collective over the last you know seventy years of entertainment. So exactly that way. Again, you have stuff to pull from. Yeah, if someone says, you know, oh, this has got an Ernest Borgnine feel, you can't be like, who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> just like, let me go to Google real quick. <laughs> Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with um, E3 just happened not too long ago, yeah. and you mentioned your you do a lot of video games as well. I think one of the ones you mentioned uh, on Sunday was Tales of um, Oh yeah, Zisperia. Uh, Zisteria. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't it. think I can either. No, it's uh, <laughs> I know Zisteria. Symphonia is the only one I can actually pronounce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Zisteria. It's the newest one. It's the one that they celebrated their um their twentieth anniversary with. So they've been doing these Tales games forever, and it's sort of the quintessential JRPG, but in anime style. So they got all those cool cut anime cut-ins yeah. and all that stuff. So we spent a long time uh, dubbing that. Uh, Wendy Wendy Lee directed and did a fantastic job, and you know you know her from Cowboy Bebop and all sorts of stuff. And you know uh, the cast I thought was really strong, and we had a fun time working on it. So we'll see how the game turns out. I, I haven't seen it, I haven't played <laughs> it, I have no idea. You know, can you tell us a little bit about your character? Yeah, I, I think I can tell you what you can glean from the <laughs> from the trailer. But um, yeah, his, his name's Saray, and he's um, sort of uh, oh god, what can I say? <laughs> oh no, I had to like catch myself. I've got you now. Really <laughs> his name is Saray, and he's the shonen character. He's the he's the shonen protagonist. Yeah, yeah, he's the shonen protagonist. He's the young he's the young hero. He's got um, he's got a best friend that he rolls with most of the time. Uh, the world is sort of populated by this mystical stuff. It's got sort of a, a medieval feel, but it's the first time Tales has sort of done a really open world sort of adventure. So it's got that cool RPG feel, but it's also an action RPG. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and all the great relationship stuff that you sort of come to expect from any of those Tales games. And I think they announced they're doing a. Um, I was going to yeah. say, yeah, they're actually, and granted, I don't know for sure if this is happening, but yeah, that they're actually adapting it into an anime. An anime, that's what they said. Is that because it's the 20th anniversary? I think so. And that would make sense. If you happen to see any, is it, I think it's a UFO table, I could be wrong. If you happen to see any of the animation that's in-game or used to promote it, it's freaking beautiful. <laughs> so it, it makes sense, and the character design, designs are really strong, and the story's got places to go even after the game. So um, so yeah, I get without why they would do that, yeah. but... I wish I could ask, like, what you would like to see your character expanded upon in the adaptation, because, <laughs> but I think that would give stuff away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one thing that, like, you can say that you're in it and who you play, but you can't say anything about the plot. So, um, I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have blue hair? No blue hair. Brown no blue hair. hair. He's brown got hair. sweet. He's got sweet feather earrings, though. Okay. Mad earring style. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> now. I know that this is, I know that it's kind of a silly question, that it's, uh, a lot of people feel like it's picking children, but do you have a favorite out of the voices that you've done that you can talk about? Do you have a favorite voice? Oh. <laughs> I know. I, well, yeah, yes, but I, but nothing <laughs> that I can talk about. Um, uh, so far, things that have released, uh, <laughs> 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 I, I'm like I'm literally filing through a Rolodex of NDAs in my brain right now. Can't talk about. Can't talk about. Can. Yeah, yeah. No, my favorite right now is um, 
is, is uh, breadwinners because it's what I work on the most, and it's it's what I've always really really wanted to do, uh, which is uh, a traditional animation show for for kids in the style of sort of Ren and Stimpy, Little Tunes, <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, and a second and a second close favorite is is Tuxedo Mask because it's my. It's my first anime. It's a awesome, fun character that people really love, and equal chance to be a little bit goofy. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of really fun stuff. Um, talking about breadwinners again, because you kind of get to incorporate your musical training as well. Do you have a favorite song from the series? Ah, oh, I always have to sing about the same person in that show, <laughs> which is uh, Jenny Quackles. This That's his love interest. It right? is his love interest, and she's this mindless duck <laughs> that is just actually really kind of foul and awful, and it's kind of surprising why he loves her, but he he does nonetheless. So every every time I get to sing a big uh, a big rock ballad, it's always to old Jenny Quackles as she stares sort of blankly with like moss <laughs> dripping from her face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Eric Vaduce, <laughs> his name of uh, his character, he's always sort of the, the one who doesn't get anything, but this he gets and he hates it. He's just <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, go do whatever you want. You're going to get rejected. <laughs> so uh, right now, the second Jenny Quackle song is my, is my, is my definite favorite. <laughs> yeah, it's so ridiculous. I, I was on YouTube and somebody sent it to me and there's like this little girl like singing it into one of those toy microphones oh. in front of the TV. <laughs> Full on like, you know, production style. She's about <laughs> five years old. Oh. It's like the cutest thing I've ever seen. That's so cute. <laughs> That's got to be cool. People are doing karaoke songs. Yes. Stuff that you're performing. That's yes. pretty great. Yeah, ooh, weird. I didn't even think about it like that. <laughs> I'm a karaoke nerd. That's that's weird. Sweets. <laughs> I like it. I have this weird imagination that, um, you know, if it, when I continue on my career, that there'll be some kid 10 years from now who will be like, oh, man, I love Breadwinners. What a cl- what a cult classic. <laughs> and like, yes, I touched your childhood. <laughs> Not in a weird way, just in a, a positive way. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people, for a lot of people, Sailor Moon is their childhood, myself included. Yeah. So it's really cool to see that coming back and seeing the care that's really being taken in terms of redubbing it and dubbing Crystal as well. Yeah, you got to give it to Viz. They, um, they, they, once they got a hold of that license, they did everything they could to treat it with the utmost care. So, um, yeah, I, I, what can I say? I mean, there's um, what a neat project to be a part of because rarely do you get to jump into something with 20-something years of history. So to be able to jump into that and get a reboot to boot and get to exactly. do them both, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fully aware of how lucky I am. So so you've been hitting up a lot of conventions uh, ever since the announcement, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite convention story? Oh, man. That's air appropriate? <laughs> <laughs> you've noticed I've been trying to choke back about 10 dirty jokes a minute, right? Uh, yeah. Again, the sugar. <laughs> the sugar. Ugh, take it away. Um I would say I would say the 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 Sailor Moon family. I, it just tops it all. It was uh, it was a wife and husband dressed as uh, uh, a Sailor Moon in tuxedo mask. I think she was uh, Serenity in tuxedo mask, and they had a little chibi baby with them, Aww. and she was about four, and uh, they were just she was just expressing to me, and she was around my age, maybe a little older, and she was expressing to me how much the, how important the show was to her, and just how. Uh, 
stoked she was that she got to share it with her daughter. And the dad was just right there along for the <laughs> ride. He's like, yeah, I love it too. It's great, you know? And it's got a positive image for not just young women, but young men and whomever chooses to watch it. And that's it's a, it's a good one to be a part of. It's a good superhero show. Yeah. I think the way you talked about it on Sunday. I did. It's a classic superhero show. It's, it's to my knowledge, it's sort of one of the first female superhero cartoon shows that were for girls. Uh, and and uh, not only was it for girls, but it was could be enjoyed by all audiences. And I think that's what makes it so cool. It's a total positive message. I just remember when Viz made the announcement, just the explosion that I saw on Facebook of so many people going, it's back. And yeah. they were just so excited. Yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> my, I, I brought a couple of friends along and uh, that was my first convention that I was invited to attend. And it was only for Sailor Moon Day. And... Uh, and I was like, guys, I don't know what this is going to be like. <laughs> I was like, this could be super weird because they're, you know, they'll watch cartoons with me, but they're definitely not anime or animation mm. people. And they got in. It took them about five minutes before they were like, this is cool. All right, we're into it. <laughs> and I remember I, I tried to get them back early and they had to wait in line a little bit with uh, some other people. And they were like, dude, I didn't think we we're going to get in. It was like apparently like 3,500 people lined up for it. And, the, and the seat. The place seated 2,000, and they had to turn, you know, 1,500 people away. Uh, oh, but, man. yeah, it was, it was, there was a lot of love for it, and it was pretty crazy. That's awesome. Selling out rooms, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've got another one coming up at AX this year, so it should be, it should be a good time. Yeah, the uh, premiere of the uh, Crystal Dub, if mm-hmm. I'm correct, right? Yeah, that's a big part of uh, Sailor Moon Day. Uh, you know, like I said, Viz goes all out, so I'm sure they'll have um, tons of other events and photo ops and stuff for the fans and decorations. And but yeah, I think the big thing is the Crystal Dub, and they might have a few other screenings and and also some other great properties to announce. <laughs> yeah, just mums the word on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people will have to go or keep an eye on AX postings then if they want yeah, to find out more. Get, get on the internets. <laughs> yeah. Now, one of the best things about getting to do voiceovers is the larger-than-life characters that you get to play. Mm-hmm. If you could have any superpower or gadget okay. from any of the characters that you play, what would it be? Oh, that I play? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, superhero, superpower. Because you could have a rocket-powered van. Yeah, I could. <laughs> but, th- you know, they've got the level-up ability in Breadwinners, and we keep going back to it. And um, That would be great. The ability, well, they can change into pretty much whatever superhero <laughs> they want. I'm totally into it, just by sort of doing an old-school Nintendo leveling up. <laughs> uh, but I've I've got to say, uh, I would have to pick, um, I would have to pick uh, this character I did in uh, Final Fantasy called uh, uh, Kurosame. And he's like he was the icy blade of death on the battlefield, because I am I am a, a boy at heart, and <laughs> and he he gets to have a, a sort of like an epic energy shooting scene. He's just like an unmitigated baddie. I mean, he sort of you know kicks kicks everybody's butt, and, and uh, yeah, he's just a straight. Uh, just a straight tough dude. I like I like I, t- I take his powers. Final Fantasy characters are always good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I grew up playing them. Final Fantasy X is one of my all time favorites. It's, it's That's a, a great one. It's the first one that had voice acting, and you know, I saw your interview with James Arnold Taylor, and he was uh, Titus Titus. However you want to say it, in that I get. Did you hear the story actually as to why it's Titus? <laughs> There's actually a story behind it because it was originally going to be Titus, and um, but apparently. The, the person that they were doing that was doing the English voiceover in Japan, for whatever reason, mispronounced it as Titus. So they're like, okay, that's what it is. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it works. Did they do Titus or Titus in the dub? 
I think Ta- they they went with Titus. They did. Um, and but no, here's the thing. But you never nobody say it knew because exact. you can pick the character's name. Nobody knew until Kingdom Hearts two. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> I I do remember uh, watching King or not Kingdom Hearts two, but Kingdom the first Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. To I do remember watching those cutscenes and it's like me and Titus are going exploring today, and I'm like, wait, who a calls minute. him Titus? Is that's this the part silly. of the interview where we stop questions and just nerd out together <laughs> for twenty minutes? We can we can geek out a little. Bit. <laughs> and and you know, as someone who I I've always been um, aspirational, um, that cast. Talk about coming from dubbing beginnings. I mean, that cast is James Arnold Taylor, Tara Strong, John DiMaggio. I mean, that's as mighty as you get these days. And they've all gone on in the last 15 years to just be powerhouses in the voiceover world. So whenever you work on something, no matter how, you know, humble or big, you always just want to, you know, ground yourself and say, oh, look where this could go if I keep doing good work. So Exactly. Now, speaking of that, you've gotten the chance to work with some of these guys mm-hmm. is there anybody who you haven't gotten the chance to work with that you are just dying to get into the studio with yeah either directors or other actors there is and you know before i i go into that i i had my my major geek out moment because like a ton of idols were in the room with me is uh, i guest star on rescue bots every once in a while i was gonna ask about that yeah you know <laughs> and i've only done about half a dozen shows like twice a season i'll come in and stir you some... play a pair of evil twins yeah one of whom does doesn't really talk. Yeah, yeah. He it's laughs the, occasionally. It's the easiest evil twin <laughs> job there is. Yeah, but when I walked into my first day of recording, and that was quite a while ago, was, you know, four years ago or so, uh, and I I knew almost everybody in the room. And the people that I didn't know who are up-and-comers who are moving beyond that now are my friends, and I've made friends with several people in the cast. Uh, but, like, I walked in and it's, like, legend status. I mean, it's Maurice LaMarche, who's obviously, you know, brain, pinking the brain, a million other things. Uh, uh, Jason Marsden, who's a friend and who is... Um, that- ton of work throughout the years. <laughs> Just all these people. I mean, it's like Jeff Bennett. It's uh, Jordy. Jordy. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, oh, God, who else is in that show? DC Douglas. Uh, uh, Steve Lacey, Lacey Chabert. Yes. Steve Bloom. I mean, so, and they cast, they, they record that show in a full cast record, which happens, but not that often. And, you know, I'm just guest starring in the show. I'm like, what's this? Some kids Transformers show. <laughs> and I walk in and my, I just had to pick my job off the floor. And I was like, oh man, you are, you might not be like regularly up to bat, but you are, you know, playing in the big leagues. And it was, um, it was such a cool and sobering moment for me. So after I went and changed my pants, I <laughs> came back in and uh, had a really nice session and, and just learned that those people are, you know, just consummate professionals and totally awesome. And uh, on that tangent, um, the one person... So I, like, crossed off a ton of those people <laughs> off my list. Check, check, Do, check. Yeah, check, check, check. Uh, you know, Rob Paulson. Oh. And, and here's why. You got to get on TMNT then. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nickelodeon. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he... If I had to choose anyone to model my career after, it, it, it would be him. I mean, I could only be so, so fortunate to have a career like his uh, in the next, you know, few decades because he's worked for so long. And uh, he's, I would go see his um, his live show, his podcast, Talking Tunes, uh, which if you're in L.A. and you haven't gone seen, I don't know if he's still doing it. I think he is. It's at the Improv uh, in Hollywood. 
That was oh, what, okay. That's what yeah, they I used to do it. It's amazing, and he has the best guests, and it's hilarious, and he's such a great host. And um, all they do is talk voiceover, and it's I mean, it is a masterclass and hilarious at the same time. But you know, I would love to to have a career like that to be gracious and also to play so many beloved and. Uh, varying characters and the thing about it is is he's got such a distinct vocal tone that if you follow voice actors if you really listen you can you can, hear you can pluck him out but you can say that about a lot of people but him for one for me being sort of a tenor voice gentleman is that i can catch i can catch that in his voice and to know that that that's an option and still play so many different characters all of them so unique uh you know that gives me faith that my own sort of uh, hang-ups about, you know, what my vocal range is like. Because you go in there sometimes, and there are these guys that just have these obscene, natural, universe-given instruments. They've got these voices where they have the deepest lows and the highest highs. And like, you, you would never guess that they're the same person. Yeah, yeah. And and even them, you can, after a while, you can start to pick them out. <laughs> but but a, a guy like that with a huge range with such a distinct vocal style, oh, man. Uh, yeah. I would love to work with him. And he just seems like he would be such a gracious, hilarious guy. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm fanning out a little bit. Oh, stop. Yeah. No, he he does a lot of great work, and you're absolutely right. Once you hear it, you you start to pick it out. And yeah. then I, I got to meet him very briefly at Comic-Con, so oh, I hear you. I, I was like, I just great. Words, where are they? That is one of my favorite things is listening to sort of like reading forums and watching people try to guess guess casts online. Because especially if it's something that I'm doing, I'm like, oh, man, you're so wrong. And like every internet nerd like me is just like, oh, I know exactly who that is. And I'm like, no, you don't because it's me and you think it's these 10 other people. Yeah, it's pretty fun. With the glasses and everything. I do what? Yeah. <laughs> now, um, again, I, as much as we would love to keep geeking out, we do. We are running a little short on time. Yeah, that's, that's my fault. Um, one of the one of the other things I wanted to ask you about was you play a role in uh, Ever After High. Oh yeah. And I wanted to ask, what's it kind of like getting to play um, stuff where it's like a new take on fairy tales? Yeah. Well, the great part is it's a new character, so um, that exists in the fairy tale world that's already established. So that's that's a nice benefit going in. Uh, that's another show where the director is is very particular on that show. Uh, he likes a real sort of natural read and all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, it was really really fun. I gotta get that doll. I got to get that. I can't find it anywhere. I try to buy toys that I that I become. Um, yeah, that show was um, a, a really a, a neat experience because those characters are established but new, and um, and it also had a season beforehand, mm-hmm. so that was easy. You could just kind of go and watch a few minutes of each episode and get a vibe for the show. So that helped, like going in the door on that. Is it fun getting to work on different things with a ton of different visual styles? Yeah, I like that. That's one of the things I, I really do like about dubbing. Dubbing's hard, and in, and a new skill that I've been... <gasps> there's a dog. <laughs> puppy! Puppies! There's a uh, puppy in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I love that portion of it, because it's just a new piece of information that you can kind of <laughs> pull out and use, and yeah, it's fun. Now, talking about how, you know... You looked up to certain people in the voice acting industry. I still do. You are. You've also had experience teaching other people how to act. Yeah. <laughs> what is how the, silly is that? <laughs> what is the piece of advice, just having gone through everything that you've gone through, that you wish you had known when you were first starting out? Oh wow. Well, now we're getting near the end of getting time. Deep. Oh, you're getting deep. You went all <laughs> Diane Sawyer on me. Uh, you know, I I wish somebody 
the programs I went to were pretty tough. And I wish somebody had, I wish my, a few of my professors had given me a little bit more freedom to fail in a in a positive way and uh and and that's something for, i wish i had more i wish someone had said hey you can be fearless and uh and it's all going to be fine and because i was on both sides of it when i when i was a student i was in you know constant fear of being you know kicked out of my conservatory or or you know whatever which is a silly fear to have and then when I was in grad school teaching undergrads, I was on the other end of it, being a selections committee, telling a, a student, hey, this might not be for you, because that's a tough thing to do, yeah. to, to, to tell someone, hey, you know, in my opinion, that's what I would always say, though, in my opinion, this might not be what you want to do, or you should take some more classes and see how you like it. And when people come up to me at conventions or panels and ask, it's like, oh, I want to be an actor, what do I have to do? The first thing I would say to them is, well, you have to love it, which is a bit of a cliche answer, but it's really accurate. <laughs> really anything you do. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Whether it's any kind of art, and art in particular, trying to make a living doing it is is a bear. And um, But the same thing with maths and science and manual labor and anything that you do. Um, and the, the second thing I would say is, also, if someone tells you no and you're sure that this is what you want to do, don't stop. Do not stop. Because you'll never be happy doing anything else. And as long as you can maintain a modicum of happiness in your life doing what you love, it doesn't matter if you're drawing for your kids one day or if you're doing it as a profession. So, yeah, I, I wish I wish somebody had told me when I was younger that, you know, failure is going to happen and it's going to be part of the journey. Can't but, be afraid of it, yeah. No, yeah, no fear, yeah. Now, you also own and operate your own studio. Mm -hmm. It's shocking awesome. <laughs> what is the day-to-day -day like actually getting to run a studio? Boy. Wearing uh, many hats. That would have been a question for me like four years ago. I, 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 I don't really do that much from the house anymore. Uh, you know, uh, when you're trying to make a living doing something, you, you do whatever you can to make that living. So I would do radio commercials. I would do audio books from home, which is really hard. Uh, <laughs> and I would do as much as I can to, to make ends meet to where I didn't have to have a regular job. And um, now that I've got the benefit of working in a studio every day, uh, I, I just don't find the time to do as much. But occasionally, I, I do, do still do some work from Shock and Awesome. Uh, <laughs> I liked the name. Uh, I still like it. And um, yeah, so when I wake up in the morning, I, I, I usually do an hour of auditions and see if I have any contracts that I need to fulfill before I go and start my day because I know I'm going to be unavailable pretty much for, you know, eight, ten hours. And then I come home and I eat and I do another two hours of auditions that came in through the day. And, you know, I like to really polish my auditions and try to send a finished product. And um, and then if somebody wants something that an old client that I had maybe wants some, you know, some kind of union radio commercial or something like that, then I'll do it for them. Or I'll help someone with a, a friend with an e-learning project or do whatever. And, uh, yeah, it keeps me busy. <laughs> Your, your advice about not stressing out about making cartoons is good advice. I, sh I should listen. I think I was up till two last night just grinding my teeth because I knew my inbox was full. So um, I've been doing that all week. I yeah. totally hear you. <laughs> it never stops. It nope. never stops. Always busy. Yeah. Well, speaking of, do you have any other upcoming projects that you can talk about? I know we've talked about some of the upcoming stuff. Is there anything else you can talk about that you'd like people to kind of keep an eye out for? Oh, man. 
Listen, I'm going to be in a bunch of video games coming out in the next year, but I can't say what any of them are other than Tales. Uh, I'm doing a project for Atlas right now, which is another JRPG that's awesome. If you can guess what it is, good for you. Uh, you might be <laughs> no able to. No other clues. No other clues. Um, yeah, and I'm working with the same studios I've been working with. Uh, Studiopolis, Bang Zoom, Nickelodeon. I still work at Random House. I'm all over the place. So, um, yeah, I, I, I pretty much just announce stuff as I can. Uh, and there'll be, I'll, I'll be able to drop some, about three or four things after AX, and then maybe a few more after Comic-Con, which I'll also be at if you're going to Comic-Con. The Nickelodeon, uh, panel day is gonna be really fun. So, um, but yeah, um, y- you know, you flash my Twitter. <laughs> yeah, hit, hit me up, I'll tell you what's up. I was gonna say, next question, where can people go if they wanna find out more about you and about these upcoming projects? Yeah, I love talking with, um, fans of voiceover not necessarily me it was weird to say you have fans <laughs> uh, uh i uh i'm on twitter at my name robbie damons super simple uh and um i always like to talk to people on twitter it's the easiest way to do it and as of right now i keep my facebook open uh you know just don't be weird and we can be <laughs> facebook friends you know what i mean pretty simple yeah just yeah. don't be weird don't be weird and we'll be cool and then if you get weird you gotta go away from my facebook <laughs> but um yeah yeah and you can find me at the same place so you Google me. I got a website, all that crazy stuff. <laughs> but no, no Tumblr or anything like that. Fair enough. I think those are good, like standard protocol yeah, Facebook, procedures. Twitter. There you go. <laughs> yep, I hear you. I, any more than that, I get confused. Like I don't have an Instagram or anything like that. So I have an Instagram. You have an Instagram? Yeah, but it's all pictures of like shoes and my dog <laughs> and like stuff that I cook. Nobody wants to see that. I think that. that's everybody's Instagram, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. It's all food and pets. Yeah, we can be friends on Insta if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Well, great. Well, thank you again so, so much for coming into the studio and just hanging out and chit-chatting with us. Yeah. You're great. Oh, thank you. No, it, absolute pleasure. Oh, I hear music. Uh, Here yep, we go. There it We're is. getting played out. <laughs> Time to wrap it up. Well, folks, and thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at The Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. I've started writing articles for The Movie Chick, Chick with Two Ks. And be sure to check out Movie Chick Quick Reviews on our network, on our sister network, Popcorn Talk. I think I got everything. <laughs> yeah, we got it. You nailed it. Again, if you guys haven't already done so, please rate, subscribe on iTunes, follow us on YouTube, um, and Twitter Twitter and all that fun stuff. Again, thank you so, so much for coming in today. <laughs> and thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you guys next time. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.